The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, the bad news, Ireland will achieve a reduction of only 29% in its greenhouse gas emissions by 2030, far short of a legally binding target of 51%. That is a core of the government's climate policy. Uh, And that's according to the Environmental Protection Agency's latest report. I'm joined on the line by Stop Climate Chaos Coalition Coordinator and Researcher Saiva O'Neill. Saiva, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, this is not good news because the EPA, I mean, they do their work diligently. So they're looking at the data and this is their conclusion. Yes, it's quite disturbing. Last year, they estimated uh, reductions of 28%. And this year, it's only 1% higher, 29%. So clearly, the government is going to have to do an awful lot more so that we can stay within our carbon budgets and achieve those targets for 2030, which are legally binding. And we also have legally binding EU targets. So the the pressure will be on to accelerate climate action now. Now, what happens if we don't meet our legally binding targets? What kind of punishments do we get? Well, you won't be surprised to learn that the government has no plans to punish itself. The climate law doesn't make any provision for, you know, the government taking itself to court. That doesn't stop uh, third parties from doing so. Uh, But obviously the point is to actually achieve the targets and not litigate about it afterwards. In relation to EU targets, there is a provision for purchasing allowances from other countries. So that will cost us money, but that's how we will meet targets if we we don't actually achieve the reductions that are legally required of us. And that could cost billions, by the way. Um, It it could cost hundreds of millions to billions of euro of taxpayers' money to to comply with EU law. So it's in our interest to achieve the target and benefit from the emission reductions and lower pollution. Now, what kind of countries uh, and where have spare uh, carbon they can sell to us? Um, Well, it will depend on how things unfold towards the end of the decade. But many member states in the European Union have been making, you know, much better progress at emission reductions than we have here in Ireland. Uh, For example, after the uh, invasion of Ukraine, the EU encouraged member states to drop its, you know, to reduce their reliance on gas. And some countries did that spectacularly last year. They dropped their uh, use and imports of of gas by 10 to 15 percent. Our our use of gas actually increased slightly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're not playing ball. Other countries are making efforts. They're accelerating the rollout of heat pumps. They're rolling out active travel and public transport measures. And those things are happening much more slowly here. But, But countries like Germany burned coal, shut down nuclear, burned coal, you know. Well, it's true. and Each country has its own kind of energy system challenges to deal with as we we all move towards decarbonisation. But I think we should keep the focus on what we need to do here in Ireland, because if we don't address these issues, we're we're only building up more costs uh, to deal with them in the longer term. It is always much more cost effective to take the pain now and to implement the emission reductions now rather than keep postponing them. So when it comes to Ireland, we have very specific challenges around agriculture, transport and energy. Uh, On the agriculture side, we really need to be looking at cutting livestock numbers. The measures that the EPA has modelled, they didn't model everything, that, that all the policies that are set out in the Climate Action Plan. But it's clear that the policies in place are not 
driving emission reductions in the way that is hoped. So we're going to have to do more. And that has to involve livestock numbers because that is a key driver of emissions from that sector. But on the energy side, clearly we can do more to reduce um, our you know, reliance on gas and fossil fuels in the power system. A lot of that is being driven by increased demand, but it's also being driven by the fact that we have new data centres being connected. And the more demand on the electricity system, the more fossil fuels that need to be burned to balance the renewables on the grid. So we need a pause on data centres and we also need to work on shifting people out of cars to public transport, something you've talked about a lot on your show, but yeah. we're still not seeing the measures in place that will actually incentivise people to leave their cars at home. Yeah, I was thinking last night I was driving uh, to Bloom and I thought to myself, now, how would I get to Bloom from where I live by public transport? And there was one way I could get myself somehow to Dunleary, maybe walk up to the Dart station, get a Dart to Dunleary, then get the 46A, which meanders all over the place and eventually leaves me at Infirmary Road. And then I'd have a 20 minute walk uh, to the entrance to Bloom. I took, yeah, the, yeah, I, took, well. I took the car, <laughs> you know, and, and many people, the, the problem yeah. is the, the public transport infrastructure is not what we actually need. I compare it to other cities where I've been, be it London or Paris or whatever, and you know you can get within a relatively short walk of pretty much anywhere you want to go by using the underground. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, the, the connectivity by public transport is poor. The services don't connect properly with each other. It's slow. Uh, we're lying on buses. We don't have enough light rail and metro. So, again, it points to the need to, for the government to be rolling out plans for more light rail lines in Dublin and all the regional cities. And it takes 15 years to build these. So they can't be factored into our 2030 targets, but we should be thinking long term because if we don't plan those light rail lines now, they won't get built. And the same is true of Metrolink. There is a kind of an air of doubt that that will even happen at all, mm. even though it's with Abor Panola at the moment. It's vital that those large scale public transport uh, projects go ahead and that we need to be planning for more of them. Because if we don't, future generations will be wondering what we did with all this wealth in Ireland. Why didn't we build public transport systems that work for people and to put us on a par with those other cities you've mentioned? Yeah, there seems to be some aversion uh, to going underground. And if you are doing an underground, it's normally deep enough. Most undergrounds go quite uh, away below the surface. Uh, there's one line in Budapest that's just below the surface. It's the, I think, the oldest underground line in, in uh, Europe, but it's only barely underground. And that's charm full of brass fittings and so on but most modern undergrounds are quite deep and therefore you avoid uh, all the surface planning difficulties except for your stations do you know all the people who'd be screaming about the planning um, you know in the construction there might be disruption but when it's finished um, you know the surface by and large is undisturbed Yes, I'm old enough to remember all the debates we've had um, uh, before the Lewis was built and nobody will say that the Lewis isn't an outstanding success. So the question is, why aren't we doing more of it? Why why isn't there a pipeline of projects um, for more light rail lines? I just don't understand why there isn't more of that happening because this is something we know how to do. We have the skills, we have the capacity, we have the, um, the skill sets required to do this. And we also have a successful set of projects that people can look to and say yes there's disruption but I know what it's going to mean for me Mm. when it's built in 10 years time. So I think we need to build people's confidence that public transport 
is viable, that it's coming and that the government will deliver. And this is a key challenge coming up in the next local and European elections because parties are going to be competing with each other, you know, in terms of whether they're for or against climate action. Um, But climate action is not an option. It has to happen because our very survival depends on it. And the future that's, you know, still relying on, you know, private vehicles uh, clogging up our cities is not a viable future. Now, Sai, just one final thing, and I'm hmm. asking you, are there any easy wins? Obviously, persuading the farmers to give up livestock might be politically challenging, but are there any easy wins, like a a huge acceleration in the insulation programme for private dwellings, uh, solar on people's roofs and so on, you know, things that um, are not like building a metro, you know, n- technically yeah. complicated. These are technically simple things. Insulate houses, put solar panels on the roof, and suddenly your numbers start to improve very dramatically. Yeah, absolutely. There are low-hanging fruit. And um, interestingly, the EPA figures show that the residential sector is not doing badly at all, which is very encouraging because, in fact, the rollout of heat pumps in Ireland has been slow compared with other countries. Um, so new construction is obviously built to a very high standard, but it doesn't, it's not re- mandatory to have solar panels. So one thing that could be done is to insist that all new houses have solar panels on them by default. Um, the other thing that could be done is we could pause data centres. We could um, reduce the livestock numbers by rolling out that voluntary exit scheme that's been uh, proposed and obviously it's still a draft proposal in the Department of Agriculture. But reducing numbers is actually something that could be done okay. in the short term uh, over two years. A so. final thing. Nuclear energy would solve the problem, says a listener. The discussion needs to be brought to the table yesterday. Nuclear has been tainted by various personalities in Ireland since the 1980s. We're the only country in Europe that is not a member of CERN because the word nuclear is in the title. It has nothing to do with radioactive materials such as uranium. We think we've come so far. So nuclear, you know, the Germans shut down unwisely, perhaps some of their nuclear and now they're, uh, you know, at the mercy of Moscow. Um, Nuclear, molten salt, new technologies, modular nuclear reactors. The scene has changed dramatically. Well, it hasn't really, because those small scale uh, reactors are not up and running yet. We don't have a model that would be appropriate for a country the size of Ireland. And without getting into all the arguments for and against nuclear, the reality is that we're just too small a country and it would require too much uh, backing, back, um, a, a kind of fallback power to balance the load um, that nuclear would generate. So all the experts say there's no problem with nuclear, but it just isn't suitable for Ireland. Okay. Uh, we will be importing nuclear generated electricity, but we won't be building any plants. And even if we did, it would take far too long to make a difference. All right, Saif O'Neill, Stop Climate Chaos Coalition Coordinator. Thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.